Hi, Fiber friends. Welcome to the Fiber Artist Podcast, and thank you for tuning in today. Before we get to today's episode, I wanted to let you know we are fully restocked on recycled cotton and meridian cotton rope and string with over 40 new colors to choose from and sizes ranging from 3mm to 9mm. And you can get 15% off. That's right, 15% off all of your favorite fibers at neuromastudio.com using the code PODFRIEND. Rope, wool, yarn, string, recycled silk, head over to neuromastudio.com and enter the code PODFRIEND at checkout for 15% off. And don't forget to check out the Neuroma Studio outlet online at neuromastudio.com where we list samples, irregular size rolls, one-off fibers, and discounted colors for a fraction of the retail price. Okay, now for today's guest. Joining us today is the talented fiber artist Emily Nicolaides calling in from the beautiful island of Cyprus. Emily spent the last few years playing, exploring, and experimenting specifically with the woven circle. And in her new book, Amazing Circular Weaving, she shares all of her discoveries and secrets. We chat all about making her book and her big move from the state of Virginia to her new home in the Mediterranean and what might be next for Emily. You can find her online at emilynicolaides.com and on Instagram at emilynicolaides. You can get a copy of her new weaving book, Amazing Circular Weaving, published by Abrams Books on Amazon and wherever you go to get your books. Now, without further ado, here's Emily. You're tuning in from Cyprus. I cannot wait to hear all about your move and your adventure. Um, Yeah. So when we started, I think when we connected on Instagram many, many years ago, you were in Virginia. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah. So I lived in Richmond, Virginia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and when did you move? I moved uh, a little over a year ago. Okay. Wow. I, I'm sure the adjustment has been crazy. Did you like, were you familiar with the area? What happened? Why did you move? Um, yeah. So I'm half Cypriot. And so mm-hmm. I have a lot of family here. I'm half Cypriot, half American. So I grew up in the U.S., but um, would come to visit when I could to come see my family here. And I'd always wanted to move to Cyprus and it was the right time suddenly. So yeah, so I'm here now. Awesome. And you were, but you were born in America. Is that right? Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. So are you getting like a dual citizenship or, um, or right now are you just, is it a short term move yeah, or long term? Uh, I do have dual citizenship. Um, and I don't know, originally I said I would stay for a year and now it's been more than a year and I don't have any plans to go back yet. And so nice. uh, I guess I'm here until there's, a reason or an opportunity somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. So actually, before we get into all of it, because I, I want to hear all about like what, you know, how the move was initiated and everything around it, plus the book. So um, but okay. first, uh, can you just introduce yourself and let people know where they can find you online? Sure. Uh, my name is Emily Nicolaides, and you can find me online at Emily Nicolaides, you know, long last, uh, last name, Greek last name. But uh, yeah, you can find me online there. Okay, awesome. And I'm sorry, I interrupted you when you were saying your Instagram. It's also what Emily. Oh, at Emily Nicolaides. Okay, just your full name. Okay, oh, sorry. I think there's like a little bit of a lag. I know. Yeah, it's just my name. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, well, I can't wait to hear all about your weaving journey. I know that, like, like I mentioned, we have been um, Instagram friends for a while now. Um, but you know, I've seen you kind of go through some evolutions, and finally, like this last um, kind of big, I think. Uh, 
rendition of what you're working on is, you know, focused on round weaving. So um, I would love to hear about how, you know, you got started in your journey and um, and how you ended up where you are now. Yeah. So, God, where do I start? I have like always done fiber art. It's something that my grandmother has taught me. My maternal grandmother, who was from Virginia, she taught me how to crochet and braid and use a sewing machine. And my paternal grandmother here in Cyprus, uh, she taught me how to knit. And both of my grandmothers always did fiber art. So it's something that I was around a lot. I didn't really think anything of it. It's just something I enjoyed to do. Um, Whether I was with my grandmothers or even on my own, I used to like hand sew these like little pillows for my dolls when I was like really little. Um, But I didn't think anything of it until I went to school for art history and studio art. And I didn't have any like textiles classes in college I went to a small state school and um, the department wasn't big enough or something like that but I came across textiles repeatedly in my art history classes and I was like finally towards the end of my college career connected the dots like oh what my grandmothers have been doing I'm studying now a different version different iteration of it but uh, it made me realize that like there was something to it it made me think about what my grandmothers had passed down to me more critically. And so when I graduated from college, I went to a school and took my first weaving workshop, Penland School of Craft. I, did, I got a scholarship to, um, to take this two-week weaving workshop. And from the first day, I was in love. And that was it. I've been weaving ever since. When you took the weaving class. So were you, you were in Virginia at the time? So I, I was living in Virginia. It was 2013 and I had just graduated from college okay. and I didn't, I didn't know what to do after college. I mean, I had an art degree. Um, and I, my, one of my professors in college had recommended that I think about going to the school in North Carolina called Penland. And so I applied for a scholarship. I got it. And so it was like two weeks after graduation, I went down to Penland and took this like two week, um, weaving workshop. And, uh, it was how to use a floor loom. And so it was Uh like pattern weaving. It was actually a double cloth class. So how to weave two pieces of cloth on top of each other, which was way more advanced than where I was at. (laughs) Didn't, didn't know anything about weaving coming into it. And so I didn't actually do any double weave in that class, but, um, yeah, so that's where I started. Okay. That's so cool. I mean, that's like, you know, I've honestly never, I've never worked with a floor loom, um, I wouldn't even know where to begin. I, I wish I knew more about it um, to be able to talk about it. But like, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine that being my like first experience in weaving. It's like, it seems intimidating. It was. And the teacher was like preparing us um, for, I mean, before you can even begin weaving on a floor loom, you have to dress it. And it's a long process of measuring out all of your warp threads. And then you have to wind it onto the back beam or the front beam. And then you thread it through all the heddles and the reed. And then you, you know, you, you tie it onto the other beam. And I don't know, it just takes a long time. And our, our teacher was warning us like, hey, this is if you're not, if you don't like this part of the process, you know, weaving might not be for you. Right. Um, and at that time, I didn't know about frame loom weaving or any of that. There wasn't all this information online so readily available. Um, and so that was all I knew. And so it was like, okay, I guess I got to get into this. And I did. And so after I took that workshop, I came home and um, I found a, a four harness floor loom on Craigslist and I found the Chiba studio in all of Richmond and I started weaving 
um, on my own. So you did get bitten by the bug while you were, you know, after taking the class. Yeah. I mean, I felt from the first day I fell in love. It was like, okay, there was, there was something about the, the organization of it that was like really comforting and, um, all of the counting, it's like you begin this process and then the only thing you can do is like move through it, move through all of the steps. And I think that order was really appealing. Um, so you'd mentioned that you, um, graduated with an art degree Were you, did you get a studio art degree, like, a like a fine art practicing degree or were you art history or something just related? I got a double major in studio arts and art history. And so, um, it's, I took a lot of different kinds of art classes. Um, with that, I did focus on ceramics, but ah. I took a little bit of everything as a part of my degree. Okay, nice. Oh, wow. So you were a ceramicist. Do you still practice that to any degree? Yes. No. No, <laughs> I mean, no. Honestly, that's part of what brought me. No, no. I mean, that's part of what brought me to weaving is I, um, was working on my senior thesis project and I like hand built all of these sculptures and I had made my own clay body. It was like a white stoneware and I made my own glaze as well. And it was like this light yellow glaze. I think there was like some iron in it or something. I don't remember the recipe, but I had done all these tests before I fired the work and they came out great. But when I fired the work at scale and these were, I don't know, like 24 inches tall, um, I opened the kiln and they immediately all started to just crumble. Oh, they did this thing no. called, they shivered. So the, yeah. So the, the clay body and the glaze uh, cooled down at different temperatures. And so they separated, they didn't, they tried to fuse together, but because they cooled differently, yeah, they separated. And so the pieces all fell apart. So it was like it's so devastating work, maybe 20 pieces. <gasps> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I cried. And at that point, my, yeah. Um, my ceramics professor was like, Hey, interested in craft or maybe ceramics isn't for you. <laughs> and at that point, that's when he started encouraging me to look at other mediums. And I'm really glad he did. I mean, I appreciate the honesty, honestly. I, yeah. But that seems extreme. I mean, how about like, oh, there's like a chemical balance that needs to happen. You can, you know, try this again. Or was he, were you just like over, over it? Maybe he could tell. It was too late at that point. Yeah. I think it, yeah, it, it was too late and it was like so devastating. And that's just a part of ceramics. You don't know, necessarily know what's going to happen inside the kiln. Anything could go wrong. Um, and I, I just don't, I don't think I was prepared for that level of, um, that lack of control. Uh-huh. And, and so to come to weaving where it's so ordered, yeah, incredibly disappointing. At least with weaving, okay, you don't know what's going to happen when you take a piece off the loom. If you're weaving pieces that come off the loom, um, you can take it off and it shrinks and it shrivels and it like becomes this whole other thing than it is when it's stretched taut um, on the loom, whatever kind of loom you're using. And but still, even with that, like it, I don't know, something about that is like way less risky to me totally. than the whole firing process. So, yeah. 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 I mean, you're not leaving that much up to chance. The firing process is definitely that I could not imagine having gone yeah. through all of those hours of work. So what did they, did he pass you based on like knowing that you did the work and like he'd probably seen some of it, like the steps that you had gone through for some of it? 
I had also like prepared some other work for my thesis. And so it wasn't just the ceramics work. So I had other pieces to show and um, I got, you know, great marks, but yeah, I don't remember. I, he must've just passed me for it because I mean, he saw the before and after he knew where it was going. He had, you know, I was in there 20, 30 hours a week for, you know, a whole semester. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I don't remember. He must've just passed me, but fortunately I did have other work to show for my thesis. Right. Oh my God. You must have like some blocked out, like <laughs> you blocked out the trauma of it all. I, can't, I honestly can't imagine Probably. it would be I so mean, devastating I mean college is just right I mean, college is just uh you know so there's so much going on anyway it was all moving so fast, you know, and leading up to graduation. And so, yeah, I probably even had that not happened. I don't know how much I would have remembered. <laughs> right, right. That's true. I don't remember anything. <laughs> I was doing college properly and just partying a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So after college, you take your weaving class, you buy your, um, you, so you ended up uh, practicing in a studio space in Richmond. So I had gotten this loom and they, the, the previous owner of the loom had given me some tools and a lot of them I had to find on my own. And then I also got the pattern weavers directory and that's still one of my favorite weaving books. And I just started weaving, you know, working through the pattern book and, um, you know, learning how to troubleshoot a loom. I mean, there's all these things going wrong before I could even get to the weaving process, but I learned a lot. And so I uh, was working part-time and just spending as much time in the studio as I could. I was really fortunate to be able to live at home. I was also living at home and wanted to get out of the house. So okay. it was great incentive to be in the studio and working. So, uh, yeah. And then I ended up getting a full-time job. I was screen printing t-shirts and, um, like I think the spring after that and I hated the jobs. It was just not a good fit. And so I quit and took this like solo road trip by myself with all these stops along the way, learning different things. And one of those stops was I took another weaving workshop at Penland that summer, um, and yeah, just continued learning. So what kind of workshop was that one? Was it also sort of like a, you know, rigid, rigid loom based? Yeah. Yeah. Again, it was weaving on these like four harness floor looms. And in that class I did end up doing some double cloth, but I was really just continuing what I learned the first summer and also what I had learned on my own in between. Um, I mean, in, in, you know, at the time there just wasn't that much weaving information available right. online. I don't, I didn't know of any classes I could take. And so that felt like the only option other than like reading books on my own, but it's like, I could only get so far with that. I ran into, you know, I was constantly running into issues and things that I needed to figure out. And I didn't know who to ask. I didn't have any weavers locally that I could like talk to about these things. Right. And not that there aren't guilds and things like that, but I just didn't go down that path. So yeah, over over the next few years, I took uh, a few workshops, as many as I could. I had also gone to Aramont School of Arts and Crafts and uh, did their work study program and um, was continuing my fiber art education there as well. So, um, it, And it was really helpful that I could live at home during that time mm -hmm. and just work as much as I could, uh, save up all my money, and then I would like quit my job and then go away and 
take another class or like have another fiber art experience somewhere. Um, so somewhere along the journey, you decided to kind of, I don't know if you, it was a conscious decision, but it, you know, you started exploring round and circular weaving. So how did that sort of come about? In 2016, I yet again had like quit a job to go take another workshop. And I did this like two month concentration in tapestry weaving with Mary Zikafus, who's a really incredible weaver. She's known for um, uh, her woven shibori tapestries. Mm. And in that workshop, I got really interested in shape tapestry. I was kind of over the the floor loom and um, working with patterns and having to like predetermine what I was going to weave. And uh, during that time, Mary introduced the class to a lot of weavers I hadn't heard in particular that really moved me was Sylvia Hayden. Um, her, she came out of the Bauhaus and then ended up at the Black Mountain College, um, in North Carolina. And she's known, she was known for weaving these large tapestries where she would take a shape and repeat it over and over and over again. And the only thing she knew when she went into the work, she knew what shape she was going to work with and she knew what color palette she was going to work with. And then she kind of, you know, treated it like painting. She was just, she would sit there and weave the piece. And so finally coming to a place where I could see how, okay, you don't have to have a plan right from the beginning, mm -hmm. know exactly what you're going to do with every pass. Uh, that really spoke to me. And, you know, she would take these pieces off the loom and what started out as these like perfect rectangles, she would take them off and they had all these like wavy edges and curves to them that naturally occurred because of the way she was weaving the piece. And right. that was really exciting to me. And so in that at, at that time, I decided I wanted to weave an arch. I don't know why. I was like, how, how can I weave an arch? How can I make the warp like radiate out from the center? And so with a lot of help, I built this like, I don't know, I think it was like six, five or six feet tall frame loom just from some two by fours with nails. And um, yeah, I think I had to try and warp that loom maybe 10 times before I figured it out. But that was really where the radial warp came into play for me. And so when I came home, I wove another arch in a different color palette and it kind of went from there and, and ended up uh, weaving more circles and ovals and that kind of thing. I mean, I've been following along on the journey with, especially with the circle, with the circular weaving, because um, I think that's been most prominent in, you know, at least the past two years, I think. You <laughs> just launched a book. I'm going to hold it up amazing circular weaving which is so beautiful you guys you have yeah. to grab a copy of this um i'm sure it's everywhere you get books right amazon and your yes. website yeah. probably um amazing circular weaving yeah. it's all round weaving tell me how did the book come about again like i don't know long journey i mean from 2016 i like started getting interested in these radial shapes and i started teaching workshops and then uh, in teaching workshops, I was constantly learning more about what you could do in a circle. And I was really interested and in not just working with, um, the first few techniques that I learned, but trying to figure out, okay, what else is possible within the circular format? I didn't mm -hmm. see anybody working, you know, with circular weaving like that. And so I had a background in pattern weaving. I was well-equipped to kind of figure this out. What, what are the possibilities here? 
And so um, I ended up running this after, I mean, I've done lots of in-person workshops and then I brought my teaching online in 2019, which was just in time for the pandemic. And mm-hmm. so at, uh, I don't know, towards the end of 2019, I started the year of circles weaving program. And for 12 months, I released a new pattern for a circular format. And that program really pushed me to continue to learn more about how, you know, different techniques, bring new things in, try and do things that my students had never seen or done before. And, um, I don't know. I had that, that program really allowed me to fund the research enable in order to do that. And so at the end of 2020, a publisher reached out to me and asked, uh, they were looking for somebody to write a book on circular weaving. And they asked me if I would like to, and I was like, yes, like I have, I have everything. I've done the research. I'm ready. I'm ready to write this book. And so from there, uh, I put together a pitch and, yeah, now there's now there's a book. I have to say, like I, I'm marveling at you know when you stay within the confines of the round sh- of the circular shape. I'm marveling at how many variations and how many different like styles and patterns and you know, not just in you know a difference in color, but it's just like you found so many different ways to create you know certain imagery and um, and just pattern work that it's just, it's kind of incredible because you some people think like maybe if you're limited to something that you're you run out of ideas. But I think what's super cool is to see that, you know, in the, in the past, you know, year or two or three that you have been exploring just like one shape that you've been able to pull out so many different kind of techniques within it. So I think, I just think that's really cool. I mean, I wonder if maybe more people should like really just hone in on one, one area so that you can challenge yourself to like, to see how creative you can get with it. When I was learning weaving beforehand, before all these circles began, I felt like one thing that was really challenging for me was what do I make? What, what, and when I make something, why am I making it? What does mm-hmm. it mean? Having an art background and coming from an art school context where I had assignments, there were boundaries set up. Uh, I did really well making within those boundaries and having a jumping off point. And so when I got into circular weaving, it was like, okay, finally, I have some boundaries that I'm excited to work with. And so having something to respond to that shape, there was so much, there were so many possibilities that I could do within it. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think having some boundaries around my practice has really made a big difference for me and allowed me to do something that I wouldn't have done without it. Right, right. Yeah, that sometimes maybe too like having yeah, having no boundaries is almost a hindrance because you need to hone in on something, right? Like some kind of yeah. idea. Um so yeah, I just think that I like I've never really thought of it in this way like in the, in terms of a practice that that um you know, that if you do restrict yourself, that's where you actually find more creativity in a way, you know, cuz you have to be more um, yeah, you just have to explore more within that. So I don't know. I think that's a really, um, beautiful and important thing to kind of play around with. So how was the process of writing the book for you? I really enjoyed it. So I didn't know I was writing this book until two weeks before we moved to Cyprus. Um, I had pitched the book, uh, and I was just waiting to hear back and I didn't hear anything back for a couple months. And I thought, all right, this is, this book isn't happening. 
in that time I decided to move to Cyprus. And then, yeah, two weeks before I like found out like, yes, this is happening. So I was like, Oh my God, oh boy. Where, where am I going to write this book? Like right. what, you know, I need, I need tools, I need materials. Like how is this happening? Um, okay, wait, so-, so wait, pause. I'm going to pause. We're going to go on a little digression because I, I like doing things okay. in chronological yes. order so that my brain sort okay. of sort of can follow a path. Um, so how did the move come about? Were you just like, listen, wait, cause you're, I'm sorry, you're, you have a partner, uh, husband. Yes. Or boyfriend? Okay. Yeah. Husband. Okay, husband. Um, and was were you just like, listen, I'm sick of being in Virginia, let's move? Or did something kind of um, you know, was there a catalyst for it? I was like ready for a change. We at that point I had been living in the city of Richmond for um I mean, I guess I don't know, six, seven years, something like that. And we had been on our house for maybe three years at that point, and I was ready for a change. Um, I grew up moving around a lot. So every couple of years I get antsy and I need to do something else, be somewhere else. And um, yeah, so we were looking to move anyway. And um, we just like weren't finding a a place to live. We were open, renting, buying, whatever. Um, But we, we, nothing felt right. And then, um, yeah. And so then I was like talking to my family about it and they were like, well, what if you went to Cyprus now? You've always wanted to. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, that feels really good. And um, it took my husband a couple more weeks to like get on board with that. Of course, I wasn't going to do it without him. But yeah, when he finally was like, all right, let's do it. It was like three months, I think we got rid of a ton of stuff. We packed up our house. I packed up my studio. Um, he quit his job. Oh, and wait. we moved to Cyprus. Yeah. And, and how did you, how were you planning for, um, like, you know, let's talk about the, the practical element mm-hmm. of this. So work yeah. and, and that kind of thing. And language. I mean, I, is it uh, primarily what, Greek? They speak pr- primarily Greek there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Practically speaking. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I speak some Greek. Most people speak English here, fortunately, but that was something I knew I was going to have to work on my Greek. My husband as well. He's American. Um, and I, honestly, as far as what we were going to do when we got here, we didn't have any plans. My husband was willing to do anything. He was looking to make a change anyway with work. And um, I didn't know what I was going to do. I figured I would weave or learn about Cypriot weaving or something, but we didn't really have a lot of plans. There was a lot of trust involved. And so when the book got picked up, uh, yeah, I was like, all right, okay, now I know what I'm doing. Nice. Nice. So then you, um, I assume, uh, did you get a book advance? So then you kind of knew like for the next few months you could, you know, write on that and then. um, Yes. Okay. So that came through and then you make your move and this is what this is like about a year ago then. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. July, July 1st, 2021. Okay. And did you find a place to live or are you living with family? We had a place to stay. We're house sitting for a family member. And so that all worked out. Nice. And then um, as far, I mean, and, and also because I have family here, we had a lot of help in navigating. I, I'm a citizen, but my husband needed to apply for alien registration mm-hmm. and to get family to help with that, help us figure out health insurance, um, find doctors. I mean, just do all the, the practical things. And so there we've, I don't, I don't know how we would have done it had we not had people here to like help us navigate all of that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. 
And then uh, as far as like a place to work for me um, at my grandmother's house, um, my grandfather who has passed away, he had an office in the garden and it's kind of like between the garden, my grandmother's garden and the street. And so it's not a big space, but it had just been sitting there since he passed away. And so my uncles, when I decided to move here, my uncle suggested, Hey, what if you, what if you take the office? And so when I got here, we renovated the space oh, and wow. I was able to write the book there. Oh, wow. I mean, does that, is it as magical as it sounds? Because I mean, I have very little of a concept of what, you know, your, your town in Cyprus looks like or the, the garden yeah. office, but it sounds so <laughs> like fantastical. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it isn't a lot of ways. I mean, it isn't, it isn't, you know, everywhere has its like pros and cons, but uh, yeah, it's magical. It is uh, in the, in the garden, there's like a giant fig tree next <sighs> to my office. There's a mandarin tree on the other side. There's like all kinds of other fruits and vegetables. Oh, it's and, so lovely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And because, I mean, one of the big reasons I wanted to come was to spend time with my my grandmother. I mean, we had never lived in the same place before. I'd only seen her, you know, a couple weeks at a time here and there. And yeah. so it's been really special to get to see her pretty much every day. I mean, when I go to work, I stop in, we talk, I, you know, I go do some work. And then after work, I talk to her some more. And uh, that has just been a really incredible experience. I didn't think I would ever have. So how long did it take you to finish? Like, when did you turn in your, your manuscript? I think I was officially done, um, March or April of this year, okay. 2022. Yeah. So that kept you busy for that first half of the year. Had you already had an idea which projects you were going to do and had you already made them? So when I put the pitch together, um, one of the things I had to do was lay out, you know, the chapter is the outline of mm -hmm. what the book was going to be. And so I put most of the projects that I had done in the year of circles into it, but they also, those had all been wall hanging, wall hangings and decorative, uh, mm -hmm. circular weavings. So the publisher had also requested homewares. And so that was something new for me. And so at that time, when I put the pitch together, I, you know, came up with some ideas. Of course, this was like a working outline and there was flexibility later on. So when I moved here and started writing Amazing Circular Weaving, um, I did have to figure out some things. And there were some projects that I had initially proposed that didn't work. And so mm -hmm. I checked them and I, you know, brought in other things. But yeah, so I had... Um, it was when I moved here that I did all of the writing, the photography, and yeah, so I had deadlines every month for several months, and um, yeah. wow. it was a lot to like not be able to talk about and spending all my time doing this. And I was like, ah, like I can't tell anybody. Right, right. <laughs> um, did you? Do, so you did all the phot photography yourself? Yeah, so I did all the step by step photography. There are some photos in the book that the publisher took and then also um the headshots of me were from my photographer in Richmond okay very nice I mean it turned out so beautiful I'm you know so happy you. for you congratulations I hope you get lots and lots of eyes on it and um and lots of and lots of uh you know people buying the book because it is wonderful it's such a good resource really um yeah, because you really get into it. I feel like you get into all the possible details that you could be, you know, exploring with this kind of weaving. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I've done all this research and work into this. And uh, to be able 
to share that resource in such a practical way just feels really good to put it out there. And I can't wait to see what people who come to this book do with these patterns. I imagine a lot of people are going to do them as I've laid them out, but I also hope, I also hope to see um, people use these techniques in their own ways and in ways I never thought of. Yeah. Um, So how does it feel being on the back end? Like I know that when you when you're approaching something like this, it's huge, right? It's like the thing you've been working for for a year, and then it finally comes out. You're literally seeing it, you know, in your hands, published on published. It's in paper, you know, it's tangible. How are you feeling now? I feel really satisfied with the work that I did that led up to that point, and um, that feels really good to be able to like tie up this season in a bow, mm-hmm. but. Now I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, so do I keep researching circular weaving? Do I keep, you know, continue to like teach these things that I've been teaching for the last five years? Or is it time, is it time for something new? And I, I'm, I'm at least at the moment, I'm thinking it's time for something new, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you're, yeah. I think your gut starts to tell you when, um, you know, when it's like transition time, or whatever, yeah. when you start to feel a little bit restless um, and wanting to explore something else. But yeah, no, I, I ask this because I feel like oftentimes, you know, you're pouring your heart and soul into this one thing and then the thing happens. And then like a lot of people feel dis- not disappointed, but just it's like anticlimactic in a certain way where they're like, <laughs> I was living my life for this thing. And then it didn't like fully, you know, I don't know if it, it just didn't fully satisfy or fulfill them in a certain way like they were looking for this magical like you know explosive thing to have like a change like a change right Mm -hmm. but then it's like because you have it happens gradually you're doing it day by day and then suddenly the book is out and then you're like oh I don't know it doesn't it didn't feel like I thought it was gonna feel so I was just trying to I'm like wondering how that felt for you it's a it's a bit of both like I do feel really good about what I put out and it you know, to, to start seeing people like getting to hold it in their hands totally. is an amazing feeling. But at the same time, yeah, you're right. It's like, I've been, it's been building and building and building and now it's here. And I, you know, I, I felt a bit lost. It's like, mm. you know, I had, it was, these circles were like this, um, I don't know. It's what the last several years of my career has been focused totally. on. And to not have that focus anymore, you know, there's room for all of this other stuff and I don't have that boundary anymore. Right, right. Uh, that was so comfortable. So, yeah, you know, I got to find some new boundaries to I work with. So. But you'll, you'll find it for sure. As as you've been, you know, in your in your new environment, do you feel like it's, um, you know, done anything to enhance or take away, you know, from your experience or, you know, add to your experience of, of creating and you know, just thinking of inspiration. I've been getting a lot of inspiration since I've been here. And when I was super focused on the book, that was um, kind of difficult to navigate at times because I wanted to be all in with the inspiration I was getting, but I had this other project to work on. And so I did find ways to begin uh, exploring the ideas that I was getting here. And um, there, I don't know, it's a lot of varied things. It's like, I'm seeing all of these new things. I've always been really aware of like the seasons and cycles. And I mean, it all goes together with the circles. And so just noticing colors and how things change throughout the year. Um, 
has been really interesting. And then also like learning about my culture in a way that I hadn't had the opportunity for before, because, you know, I would come here on holiday for a couple of weeks at a time and was aware of my culture. I think my family was really great about making sure my sibling and I, um, you know, felt attached to our separate heritage. But now that I'm here, it's like, I'm learning all these new things in a way that you can't get from, you know, without being in the midst of it. And so, um, that's really inspiring as well. And to like understand parts of myself that I didn't really get until I was here has been interesting. And then also, I mean, just learning about the traditional Cypriot fiber arts Mm -hmm. and, um, this week I, took a workshop in a traditional Cypriot weaving style called Fikiotiko. And um, it's something that, yeah, it's something that I've seen um, all my life, but I had this opportunity to go to um, the village where the style of weaving originates from, Fiti. That's what the weaving uh, is named after. And weave on this antique loom with these women whose family has been doing this style of weaving for generations. And, Um, yeah, so it's like, there's all of this new, new things to learn. And, um, I'm very much driven by the research and the exploration of, you know, of weaving. And so I'm finding new ways to do that here. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know where it's going, but. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> what does, um, yeah. can you spell that for me? Like the style of weaving? Cause I, I want to like, or do you have a photo of what you worked on or something that you can share with us? Yeah. Yeah. I'll like, I'll send you some pictures. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll just send you some pictures and like, I'll spell it for you there. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's also spelled differently than it sounds because right. of like the Cypriot dialect. <laughs> Of Greek and all right, right, and yeah, is it like phonetic or or Cyrillic or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean the Greek alphabet. Yeah, so um, that must have been a really incredible experience. Your grandmother has she been sort of watching in on this process? You know, what kind of feedback are you getting from her? She is so interested and also baffled by all of it. Um, when I finish a weaving, I show her. I mean, she saw all of the projects that I worked on for the book and is really interested in it but she's also like so how do you make money she she's like very concerned <laughs> so about oh, yeah, yeah. the financial <laughs> aspect and like one thing like i had a um so she had a business for many years um she like ran a cantina at the school basically like selling sandwiches and pastries and like juice boxes um at the elementary schools uh in their city in the city that my family's from. And, um, she was a very savvy businesswoman and she had a lot of people working with her. And so she knows a lot about, you know, she's asking about my profit margins and all of these things. And it's so cool to see that side of my grandmother that I didn't really understand or know a lot about before. Right. um, She's like a badass businesswoman. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's amazing. She, from the age of eight, she raised the rest of her siblings. So she didn't finish school or anything and also grew up in a totally different time. And so it's, it's really cool to, I don't know, like see her mind at work in that way. I know, especially when you just don't imagine you're like, you know, elderly, (laughs) elderly grandparent to like have it all together in that way. 
Yeah, I mean, she's 87 and she's oh my like gosh. wanting to crunch numbers. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. She's going to keep yeah. you. She's going to keep you on a straight path. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So you don't become financially, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, so you're enjoying your time there now. You, you have no, there's no end in sight for you being in Cyprus. How is your husband enjoying it? He, he's, he's enjoying it a lot. Um, and it's just like opened up a whole new... I mean, it's a new world. He he had been here before. Um, we came for a couple of weeks the year after we got married. Okay. And so he had visited, but I mean, yeah, he's never lived this far away from home before. And the whole move was like, he had never done anything like that before. He had always, um, he was born and raised in Richmond. And so uh, it's been like cool to like see him like integrate his life here and make friends and, you know. All of that. Yeah. Was it, um, you know, were there any like complications because you were moving like in the middle of a pandemic and all that kind of stuff? Um, not really. I mean, uh, when we came here, um, the COVID restrictions were much more than they were in the U S and, um, yeah, also like, you know, to go in stores and have to show our vaccination cards and things like that. I mean, they would look at our cards and be like, this is what they give you in America. This like little piece of paper yeah. that's handwritten. They could not believe it. It is I pretty mean, crazy. There's QR codes in Europe. Like, you know, they're just like, they're like, you're joking, right? This is what, this is your card. And we're like, that's, that's, you know. <laughs> that's so funny. I know we are so behind. What the hell? So funny. <laughs> It's like you could literally just like go grab a piece of cardstock and print the stupid thing. It is so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's like, wow, anybody could like make one of these up. It's like, it's nothing. Yeah. Oh my God. So funny. And have you visited, have you come back to the state since you moved at all? Or are you no. just, you just been there? Okay. No, yeah. you're not homesick at all? I miss my friends yeah. who are in the U.S. And um, the family that I have there as well. But other than that, um, no, I don't, I don't really miss it. I'm just like here having this experiment experience and, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just really present here. I don't, I don't miss too much. I, I will. Well, okay. One thing that was really different moving here was just like shopping in general. Um, you can get Amazon here, but there's like no warehouses, like shipping times are oh. really slow. It take, it can take, you know, just ordering skincare products or whatever it can take two weeks a month maybe to get here. And so you really have to buy things in stores for the most part, um, unless you're not in a rush. And then, yeah, I don't know. There's no target. It's like, mm-hmm. if you want groceries, you go to the grocery store. If you want home goods, you go to the home goods store. If you want shoes, you go to the shoe store. There's nothing like you can just right. like, there's no big giant everything. big box store or whatever. Yeah. That has no, already. not really. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of nice though. Yeah. I, I feel like that'd be yeah. really refreshing. Yeah. It's like, I remember cause I, I studied abroad in Italy. So, um, yeah, okay. I mean, it was like, even the grocery store, it was like not even the place where people really went for, for food. It was like, you go to this, the special meat market for the meat. And then you go to like, yeah. you know what I mean? It was just, everything was more specialized and definitely be- just like better, better quality yeah. because you're going to all these individual, you know, individually specialty shops or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. And that's the charm. That's the charm we don't have. I think living here. I mean, you know, there's, there's benefits too. It's like, it really is. I I have days where I'm like, oh my God, I just need a couple things. I wish I could just go to Target and just like pick them up and be done with it. But um, no, I have to like think about all of these things in a different way. <laughs> and also like just the pace of life here living on an island. It's, it's slow. 
and people aren't in a rush and there's this like there's this greek saying sigasiga which means slowly slowly and especially when we first moved here and we're like trying to do all these things and i'm trying to get the studio renovated so i can start the book and we're figuring out how to live here and my family just kept saying sigasiga and i was like you know i'm still getting used to that wow yeah well i mean actually when you you said that you renovated the studio i'm i'm shocked like was that so much harder I feel like like just even get to get materials and I don't know what's how did you even find people to help out or did you guys do it yourself family friends um helped renovate the studio I mean uh yeah we have you know we have a plumber we have I mean this has all happened since I lived here but yeah we have we have people to work on this stuff so it was like, I needed it painted. And we called um, this guy that my dad grew up with to come paint the studio. We needed uh, to have new floors in. So we called the floor guy. And so it's just, I, I don't know, having family here, it's like I have all these connections already. I just have to ask. And so awesome. um, there was some stuff that, you know, I did on my own. But no, I just, I've had so much help. Yeah. So yeah, Cyprus is an island, which I was not even thinking about. Um, are you often, you know, spending time on the, you know, at the beach or near the water, on the water? So I live about 10 minutes from the beach. So I go pretty regularly. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, so I live in Limassol, which is like the kind of the middle of the south, the Southern coast of Cyprus. And so, uh, there's like four major cities and, um, Anyway, depending on what city you go to, the beaches are totally different. So I've done a lot of road trips, going to different beaches, different landmarks. Um, The mountains here are amazing as well. And so going to the mountains and doing different things. And um, you you don't have you probably don't have four seasons there, do you? No, we do. Oh, you do? do, Actually, that's a good that's a good question. So it's on the same. um, What is it? Longitude. Latitude, latitude, the one that goes like this. Yeah, latitude, latitude. Whichever one, it's the same as Virginia. Oh, Um, okay. So, yes, okay. Summers are really hot, you know, hundred plus degrees. Um, But then, yeah, we have a proper fall. Um, It snows in the winter. You know, spring. Spring is green. Yeah, I mean, so. I mean, the the weather is different in a lot of ways. Like it pretty much only rains in the wintertime. Um, and, you know, if there's like not enough rain to fill up the dams and there's like water issues throughout the rest of the year. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's like an average of 325 days or something of sunshine every year. So um, really beautiful it's weather. Nice. Yeah, we I'm jealous. I'm fully jealous. I want to move to Cyprus. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. Oh my gosh. It's, well, it's good. So I know you're in a, now you're in a season of new exploration, um, or you're about to embark on one. Do you, are you like feeling like you're gravitating toward anything in particular? Or are you, are you still really just kind of at a point where you don't know? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of learning things as, as they come, as I'm interested, just trying to follow the lines of I, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's how like proper research goes. Totally. Right? It's like you start something and you just see where it leads. You mm-hmm. have a hypothesis and you like, you it'll, know, it'll wait and take see what you somewhere. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I don't know. Right now I'm into learning about Cypriot fiber arts. Um, there's already a lot of fantastic resources on it. So, I mean, unless I see a, a hole or a gap somewhere that needs to, you know, be filled, I, I can't imagine 
how much I could do with that. But, um, you know, there's, there's going to be something I'm just, I don't know. I'm just reading a lot and going places and meeting people and exploring. That's (laughs) great. I mean, it's great. It's so like fortunate to be able to do that and, and sort of just, you know, go in with an open mind and heart and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have I feel any, very lucky. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have any advice for people who are, uh, you know, either starting out or maybe who, who feel stuck in what they're doing? Any words of wisdom? Mm, you mean like with fiber art specifically? Um, it doesn't have to be. It may be creativity in general. It could be. Yeah. Um, I think just follow whatever is exciting. And if it's not exciting anymore, adjust try something yeah. else like see that's if there's great a different advice. way to go about it yeah i think that's that's great advice yeah if you're not having fun doing something it doesn't mean you have to you know necessarily even see that that one piece through for example right you yeah. can put things down oh yeah start oh my new God. Ones. i don't know how many pieces i've started and i'm just like nope this isn't it <laughs> like it's not working the colors don't work i don't know forget it <laughs> like, right right and sometimes um, we feel like oh i've i've invested all this time in this thing so i can't leave it and da, da, da. it's like sunk cost fallacy you know you just yeah you know what you can leave it and then you know see where you know another idea takes you and it will feel much more exciting i think when you're on the right track yeah it's true and well it's like it's also it's like okay so maybe you put all this time into something and it didn't work well at least you know all these new things about what doesn't work right oh you're, yeah absolutely yeah yeah well awesome thank you emily so much for chatting with me this was great i loved hearing all about you know the making of the book um and Cyprus and I really do I want to travel now because I feel like we have not gone anywhere since you know for I don't know years yeah yeah. come visit (laughs) I would love to that would be amazing I mean honestly like a Greek islands and a Cyprus trip and Turkey like all in one would be amazing like total dream trip I love that (laughs) yeah yeah. So much happening and so much to do in this part of the world. I know. Yeah, it's, it's different. But yeah, just there's so much culture. And I, I feel like we, you know, as Americans, and I, I'm not saying that's necessarily in a bad way, but we just, we miss out on, a, the, the world is huge. There are so many things to see and so many cultures to explore. So yeah, traveling, traveling's good. I'm glad you've been able to go do it and, um, you know just open your experience. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I've been a long time listener of the fiber artist podcast. So oh. it's really cool to be here with you. And oh talking my gosh. You. <laughs> thank you for listening. I know I do not record enough. I get, you know, into my own weird rut, but, um, the thing is, is that like, I love every conversation I have. I'm like, why don't I do it more often? But no, you know, it just makes it more exciting as a listener when you do come out with an episode. Cause it's like, Oh yeah. Right. Oh yay, Good. <laughs> good. Yeah. This was great. Thank you so much, Emily. Um, and, uh, I guess just once again, to close it out, can you let people again, know where they can find you online and on Instagram? So you can find me online at Emily Nicolaides and my website is emilynicolaides.com. I have all my information about my book, my shop, about me, uh, my Patreon, all of that stuff if you want to learn or yeah, just look at past work I've done. I have like my whole weaving portfolio up there as well. So if you want to see how this has evolved, um, yeah, check out my website. Awesome. And pick up a copy of Amazing Circular Weaving right here. Um, You will not regret it. You'll learn a lot. 
Um, yeah, wherever you buy books, it's everywhere. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks again and congrats again. Check the show notes of each episode to get the website and Instagram for each of the fiber artists I speak with. Be sure to give them a follow. And you can view video from this podcast on naromastudio.com slash the fiber artist podcast. If you enjoy the Fiber Artist Podcast, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for listening.